Hey guys, welcome to The Profit Roadmap. I'm Cody Owen alongside Bear Duplissy, and we are in the Service Autopilot Studios today with Patrick Hoffman. Hey, how you doing? Well, they, they can't talk back, Patrick. Well, I was, I was talking to you. I wasn't talking to them. Uh, it's funny he was talking also, to you. He wasn't talking to me, though. Hey, that's, listeners. That's always nice. Oh, well, I'm doing well. Bear, you doing all right? I'm doing pretty swell. Swell. I'm bringing back the 1950s word, swell. Mm. Neat. You want a rice, rice crispy treat later? They're swell. See how it works? It just rolls off the tongue. We're really pleased to have Patrick in the in with us here at the Profit Roadmap. It's a fantastic afternoon, morning, or evening. You really can't tell because this is a podcast. So I'm just going to roll it's with all three. It's whatever time we say it is. It's whatever time we say it is. That is absolutely right. Um, really appreciate Patrick you being here today. This is fantastic. You're part of our marketing department. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Awesome. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do here and you know about your journey here at uh, Service Autopilot? Sure. Uh, what I tell people is I'm the lead marketing writer and or marketing specialist. So pretty much um, anything that we need to write that faces clients, um, faces potential clients, I'm going to write it. And I also do a lot of planning, a lot of pay-per-click campaigns. That's like Google AdWords or Facebook advertising. And uh, pretty much any marketing campaigns we're going to run, I'm going to put my hands on. Cool. (laughs) So before you were here, you were just down the road, right, over at uh, UTD? This is true. Yeah. UTD is my alma mater. Ah, mine as well. Mine yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. And the last time we had someone from Bears Alma Mater on, we talked about it a lot. There was a lot of go frogs happening. So what exactly is the mascot of UTD? And for those people who don't, you know, reside, you know, five miles outside of our office, what is UTD actually? It's the University of Texas at Dallas. Fantastic. And they have a mascot? Oh, we we do have a mascot. What, what is it? It's a... Uh... It's a little bit embarrassing to talk about, actually. <laughs> Why? So it's the UT Dallas Comets. Okay. And our mascot is Tmoc. And if you do the math on that, it's Comet backwards. Wow. Yeah. That's... So I guess this is as good a time as any to explain that UTD's school spirit is built around sarcasm. Clearly. So yeah. they let the students vote on the name. Oh, my goodness. And that's how Tmoc won. <laughs> I, that was a genuine. That was a genuine laughter. That wasn't even fake, guys. Like that T mock comet spelled backwards. That's your mascot. Okay, so what led to you? What? Okay, so you and you guys were t- together at school together. Did you guys go to school? Did you guys have class together? Yeah, or? I mean, we never we never met. I don't know Cody until he started working here. Oh, that's so. Funny. I mean, it is a big school, you know. Patrick's also just a tad older than me because I am the resident infant at Service Autopilot. True. Until, yeah. Again, always reminding me how old I am and how young he is. That's fantastic. So, actually, let's remind our listeners real quick. Uh, uh, Cody, what year were you born? I was born in 1994. 1994. You know what I was doing in 1994? What were you doing, Bear? Applying for AARP benefits. (laughs) (laughs) That's absolutely correct. (laughs) That's absolutely correct. No, actually, I was uh, gearing up for the Summer Olympics soon to be happening in Atlanta, Georgia in 96 because I had just gotten, I had just gotten down from my high of the Barcelona Olympics in 1992. Yes, I was conscious enough to actually have watched, enjoyed, and be enthralled with the American spirit of the Olympic Games. You were a zygote. So, yeah, I feel really old. I feel really old. So, Patrick, how old are you? What year were you born? 
I'm 92. 90. Oh, well, so he was born when the Barcelona Olympics took place. This is fantastic. So we're just about to make feel – we're going to make everyone feel just absolutely ancient that listens to this because we have two 90s kids, you know, talking yeah, about we're, stuff. We're millennials. We're ruining yeah. everything. Yep. <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. You guys, you know, you guys came up with – I'll get back to you on that one. That's fantastic. <laughs> So, give, so, us, give us a couple years. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you guys will you guys will contribute very very much soon. In fact, you'll contribute here in a few minutes, Patrick, because I'm really interested to know about uh, some of the things you were talking about with what you do here at Service Autopilot. Um, so, some of those things you're talking about with like Google AdWords and things like that. Um, but to, to my understanding, you also work on our blog, right? Yeah, that's true. Okay, so um, can you can you do us a favor and give us an example of why? For one, why do you do the blog? Why do we have a blog? And, you know, talk to us a little bit about that. All right. I think uh, a little bit of what you're trying to get at there, and correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, why why are we doing a blog at all? Sure. Wait, yeah. did you just say that? Yeah, I did. You I might really have did. just said that. I might have just you asked just that question. repeated his question almost verbatim. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I think what you're trying to say is repeats the question. See, I'm glad you're listening. This is fan- This is going to be a great interview. Um, I think it's a problem with millennials or something. I don't okay, know. now. Okay, <laughs> he was okay. texting while Bear was asking that question. <laughs> he was texting while we were asking the question. Uh, the, basically, the main reason... It was a reason tweet, Cody. We, it was a tweet. <laughs> I think no we're doing Snapchats anymore, now. Yeah, That's true. On. Yeah, I'm totally out of style. <laughs> Keep going, man. <laughs> so the, the, main, the main purpose of the blog is... Um, to, to give something we we call it value first marketing it's to give people who are potential clients value before they even decide that they want to sign on to us the the main purpose of the blog is to generate awareness and then get people to start evaluating us as a company evaluating us as a potential solution to whatever problems they have and when you say us you're talking about service autopilot obviously oh, but, yes. but it can be applied this this principle can be applied to any business including lawn care landscape yeah absolutely other service industries right? uh value first marketing is it's absolutely critical to any business out there okay patrick so give me an example here of why uh something like a blog that you know you just discussed with us why something like value value first marketing and the example of a blog why does it work okay um i mean that's pretty easy to answer uh basically what it does is it warms up your leads it makes people who have zero trust in you zero idea of who you are it makes them get to know a lot about you and it sort of builds faith. So, no, Mike Callahan gave us a great example. That's a beautiful example because Mike Callahan gave us, when he was talking with us a couple of weeks ago, right, Cody? He was giving us an example of how getting on television, getting in front of people, you know, getting getting with your local networks and things like that and becoming that person of uh, – that go-to person in, of their network that can talk about community – you know, outreach and community events and uh, small business source and just becoming the go-to guy in a small town or even a mid-sized town. He's from Rochester, New York. It's not like, you know, that's not like Podunkville or anything like that. It's a nice, beautiful city and everything. And he's he became a go-to source for a lot of those news networks. So it allowed that credibility to build. So you're talking about, you, you know, the blog warms up the leads, builds credibility so that it allows to bring business in, right? Yeah, absolutely. It makes it makes it easy for clients to trust you, especially if you're giving out value before they've, before 
you've asked them to pay for anything, it makes it so much easier for them to, to place their faith in you. And it, it's a great way to position yourself as a, a knowledge authority in your area. So let's say you're in lawn care, for example, if you're putting out blog posts that are um, plant care guides around your local area, like let's say you have this one type of tree that you're always seeing is just people are not taking care of it well. You put out a blog post that details how to take care of it, how to keep it healthy, how to keep those leaves green and the, the bark safe from disease. People are going to read that and they're going to go, wow, this guy knows way more than I could ever possibly know about this. Yeah, yeah, you talk- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that doesn't have to be a blog post. So if you're not comfortable with blogging as a medium for your marketing, uh, you that's something that can be applied to a mailer. You can carry these plant guides that Patrick's talking about in your truck. And when you see a dying elm tree, you can pull out your elm plant care guide and just slip it in their door. It has your contact info on it and all that, but it also has the value of explaining to them how to care for their elm tree. And it can even be worded in such a way that says like, hey, I noticed your elm trees, you know, on death's door. You should take care of it. Here's how to take care of it. Absolutely, because tr- trust is, is such an, a key important uh, aspect to business, uh, whether you're trying to secure a lead or whether – because I'm in the sales department as, as we've kind of – you know, as we as everyone knows who's been listening to uh, to the Profit Roadmap. So – you know, because trust is so important because I don't I don't want to sell, you know, something that's not a viable, you know, a viable option, a viable product. In fact, Cody, you and I were speaking about this earlier, uh, you know, for, you know, you work when you work in support as opposed to marketing or when you work on the, the QuickBooks team and everything. I, 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 I've stated very emphatically that I don't want to create problems for you down the road by promising, over promising and under delivering when the product doesn't have or doesn't, you know, have that, sh- you know, doesn't keep with expectation. Uh, if anything, you almost kind of need to almost undersell the product. It, you know, in the example that you gave, Patrick, is a beautiful example of establishing trust because in essence, you're telling your customers how they can do your job, but they can also see what they do, right? And the value that's, you know, <laughs> the value and the detail and what they actually do. Yeah. If anything, it, it helps give your clients a better appreciation for what you do. And that, that, that can only help, right? I mean, that can only increase your client retention. If you're proving to your clients, like, look how much knowledge I have on this subject on just like this one tree, I could talk to you for hours and write blog posts about it or whatever. They're, they're going to believe like there's, there's nobody better than this guy. This guy is the expert. I have hired the right person. Yeah. So that's another good thing to remember about value first marketing is that it doesn't stop once you have converted someone from a lead to a client. You continue providing that additional value to this person and it helps your your client retention rates just like Patrick was saying. So would you let me let me go let me go really extreme here cuz I bet I bet some of the people that are listening might cringe at what I'm about to say, but I want to get your opinion on it because you are the value first expert here at least okay. in this room, okay? So what if just just for example, say I'm, you know, I own a lawn care landscaping business and uh, I really, I don't specialize. I don't do, I don't really know anything about irrigation. Okay. Let's take another niche marketing off of that. What if I were to point unprovoked? Okay. This isn't like a guy calling me up. Hey, do you have a referral for irrigation service or anything like that? And you'd like point him to your buddy down the street. What if I were to actually advertise or put on my Facebook or we'll talk about Facebook more in here a minute, I suppose, but 
if I were to just kind of get it out there, do you know, in that value first marketing piece, blog or whatever, whatever you have you and say, hey, go down to Bob down the street for all your irrigation needs or, hey, here's some great irrigation tips. I don't do irrigation, but, you know, here are some places that you can get this service and this product. How how is that perceived in the value first world or how would you how would you characterize it? is that going too far or is that just another great example of value first marketing are we are we talking about referring a client to another specialist to somebody else to away from you getting essentially kicking money outside your door it's not something you do per se or do very well yeah that's that's a fantastic idea i mean you should you should certainly have other specialists who you have a working relationship with that you can point clients to like, I mean, irrigation was the perfect example. You don't do irrigation because you don't have the the training for it or you don't have the, the right pricing model for it. I mean, if you start, if a client comes to you and says, Hey, I really need irrigation services. And you, you have a guy ready and you have somebody you trust who, you know, is going to do a great job already ready to go. All that's going to do is make your client trust you more. Absolutely. And get, so I because th- in my opinion, because I wanted to get your opinion on that, in my opinion, that would lead toward more, more referrals that way. Hey, listen, this guy is so awesome and so great that not only does he do a great job for what I've hired him for, but he punted. I was willing to give him money, but he punted and got someone who could do something better than I. And I think that's I think that's a fabulous example of what we kind of what we're kind of been talking yeah. about. I mean, ideally as well, your uh, your working relationship person, the 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 irrigation special specialist should also be punting jobs back to you as well. Right, of course. Well, that's I mean another a great relevant example here at Service Autopilot is um, our CEO Jonathan Potoshnik hosts the Lawn Care Millionaire, which is a very successful YouTube channel, and he gives loads of advice. Loads of free advice on on his on his YouTube channel. Um, I just wanted to say about Lawn Care Millionaire. It's kind of a funny example. Lawn Care Millionaire is more of a value only approach. I don't think he's ever asked anybody to pay for anything on Lawn Care Millionaire. He doesn't sell any products over there. He's pretty much just doing that out of his passion for the for the lawn care industry. But do you think that that value only approach has still led to purchases either through, you know, either through his lawn care side or oh, through service it, autopilot? It most certainly has. I did see an amazing thing happen in the service autopilot members Facebook group the other day where someone shared the lawn care millionaire YouTube channel. And they were just like, this guy has amazing videos. This stuff is so great. And a couple other people came in and said, yeah, that guy really knows his stuff. It's really good stuff. No one in the thread that I saw ever said like, oh, hey, by the by, he he's the CEO of the software company whose Facebook group you're in. Uh, <laughs> no one brought it up. That's funny. They were just like, oh, man, yeah, One Care Millionaire is great. It's a, it's a funny example, and it's probably not the best example, but I love that we're able to plug it here. <laughs> it's great stuff. Like if you want to go check it out, it's yes, a lot absolutely. of great knowledge from Jonathan. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's absolutely fantastic knowledge. But you do want to make sure that in your value-first marketing, you're always pointing back to yourself or it's not really marketing, right? 
Right. So, so that's that what point, Patrick was saying. No, it's only. not really a bad, you know, it's a bad, technically it's a bad, by definition, it's a bad example because he never asks for the money at the end. He never says, <laughs> you have hey, to give be me selling your business. something for it to be marketing. Uh, yeah, profit, absolutely. Profit second should probably be. Profit follow-up. second. We started a new term, you know, we started a new term here at value uh, first, profit, profit second. We're going to get t-shirts. <laughs> We're gonna get, yeah, seriously, with the with the the Fromagian thing the last time with Chris Wolfie, we're gonna get T-shirts made. This is gonna be awesome. Again, this is value first market because we're we're gonna make money off these T-shirts, right, Cody? Is this how it's gonna work? Yeah, this is, the podcast <laughs> is ex- exclusively exists as a vehicle to give you value so that you'll buy T-shirts. Buy from T-shirts us. from us with our stupid phrases. On them. While we're still on the subject of value first marketing, we've pretty much only talked about digital options, you know, like blog posts or YouTube channels or podcasts. Those are all great options to give your clients and leads value first. But there, there's there's several other options for you guys out there who just don't feel like jumping on the web to do this kind of thing. Um, a lot of you are probably already doing some of this stuff. If you give out free inspections, that is a fantastic example of value first. Whenever you go to somebody's property and you diagnose their lawn for them or you say like, look, I think you've got too much shade over these bushes and they're never going to grow. You've already given that lead or client value. You've already shown them that you have tons of authority and that you're willing to give away uh, advice and information for free. Other options you might want to consider handouts, maybe uh I think Cody brought this up a minute ago. Well, the analog blog. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but it's you don't have to constantly update your handouts. If you want to make a, a plant care calendar or like, you know, a summer watering schedule that you give away to people for free, you only really need to create that one time. And then you could give that out to potentially unlimited leads and clients. This is like the age old, like, I mean, you guys wouldn't know anything about this being born in the 90s. But the, the, the thing that came out of the 80s. Uh, which was really good about value first marketing, and and we kind of see it all the time. Is swag, swag is a, and to my opinion, is a great example of value first marketing. You're giving away literal, literal free stuff that's got like your name, your logo, yes, you know exactly, yeah, yeah. on it, and it's it's all it is. is I mean, it's it's swag, it's pens, it's calendars, it's you know, it's stickers, it's rulers. I mean, I mean, and that's a those are great things to use. I mean, any service industry can use those things, but if you're in the kind of service industry that's like HVAC repair or plumbing or something where you're not, you know, with lawn care, you're there every week. So you're, you're always in front of the customer. But if you're in one of those things that happens when repairs are needed or more infrequent maintenance where they're going to call you out, something like that, like a chip clip or a magnet or whatever, something that's useful to the person that's going to end up where they'll see it every day means that when their toilet backs up and they need to call a plumber, who are they going to call? They're going to call you because you're on their fridge. My parents have lived in the same neighborhood now for 15 years. Uh, and every year there's a realtor who sends out a little uh, magnet calendar that has like the top looks like a business card and then it's a peel away month yeah, by yeah, month yeah, calendar yeah. at the bottom. His name is Melvin. And you know that. I haven't lived there in six years and I know this man's name and I can picture his face. And so when you want to buy a house, who are you going to call? First guy you're going to call, If right? I'm down in Sugarland, Texas, I'm calling Melvin. You're calling Melvin, right? Wow. Yeah, it's 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 interesting when you uh, you know what Patrick's been talking about and that's a great that's a great visual example. Uh, but yeah, when you get in front of the customer and you become that face of whatever, whether it's something as 
stupid or insignificant as a refrigerator calendar or something as a robust as – even though it was a poor example, as robust as, man, I really – you know, I want some advice on what mowers to buy. Go to Lawn Care Millionaire YouTube channel. If – you know, that is probably the biggest spectrum gap you could probably come up with when it comes to value-first marketing. But if – but in all of that, you know, in everything that we've discussed, there's definitely there's definitely a lot of connections to be made and anyone can pick anywhere on that spectrum and there's value to it and you can gain customers off of it. Would you all agree? Or just, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, you're, I'm looking, you're, I'm you're looking for confirmation here, guys. I'm feeling a little uh, insignificant. And, Bear's uh, like, affirm me. Yeah, please, please. I need I need some confidence. Build me up here. Build me up. Uh, <laughs> you have a very nice beard. Thank you. Is that what you're looking for? Yes, actually. It's about time y'all noticed. Bear's beard is majestic, and I have told him many times. Yes, that's true. Cody has constant affirmation. <laughs> it was, it was, it was a, it was a sad day in Cody's life when, uh, when April first came around, and I trim my beard after the winter every year, and I don't shave it down to like skin, but I trim it down to a four, which is the shortest I'll ever go, and and I think Cody cried for several minutes or seconds. At least that's I, how I, I remember. I it. cried that night as well. Oh, you did. Yeah. Tell your wife I'm sorry. She's used to it. So, um, jumping back into some value first, uh, Patrick, recently on the blog, you wrote a step-by-step guide for cleaning companies on how to do Facebook advertisements that would work for, for any industry to use, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't, your demographic might be different that you're targeting. It doesn't have a whole lot to do with value first, but. It is value first. Oh, though. It's, it's our value first. To exactly. You. Yeah. yeah no, that was the transition. Sorry, that was unclear. <laughs> that was a bridge. That's what we call a bridge. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm new to this. You're burning it. Was like it. A, it was a suspension bridge, and we were sort of swinging across. He totally, in, he totally Indiana Jones that thing, man. <laughs> just like yeah, saw, just pulled just out my whip it down with the sword. I left Patrick, my Belloc, behind. Well, see, this is where you're nerding out again. I don't know what the heck you're talking about. <laughs> Belloc is Indiana Jones's. Is that it spelled nemesis. backwards or, or? What are you talking about? <laughs> How do you guys not know who Belloc is? His arch nemesis is a giant rolling boulder. We all know that. Yeah, that's, that's a true story. Yeah, I know that much about Indiana Jones. No, it's at the beginning of uh, Raiders. Speaking of like giant sequence. rolling boulders, um, if you are not on Facebook yet, you are behind the ball. Oh God! Yeah, that's that was a yeah. solid that, segue. Okay, sir. so okay, well, okay, so I'm not on Facebook for my business. Why? Why am I behind the ball? What's what's the proverbial boulders going to kill me and crush me because of why? Oh, pretty much because it is hands down the easiest way to reach anybody in your local market it is the most cost efficient and most easy step-by-step way to target anybody in your area who is actively interested in your services patrick you've told me that they hold your hand through the advertising process yeah they literally reach out a hand through the screen and just you know (laughs) no I'm, i'm sorry facebook is probably the easiest platform to get started on to start advertising your business i want to know more about this invisible hand you know a little adam smith action no okay so what are some examples how do they hold your hand either literally or figuratively how do they hold your it's, hand it's very figuratively i, I understand uh, i'm just, <laughs> just just continuing the joke another bridge another bridge <laughs> pretty much they just they just make it easy to start like once you build out your facebook page which everybody should do for your business you should go right now get on your computer and throw in a picture and throw in some relevant information and that's it you've you've got a facebook page and you can start advertising on facebook 
Facebook makes it really, really easy for you to start advertising as well. Even if you've, even if you've never used a computer, they'll, they'll Don't say that. Well, okay. Even if you've never used anything other than Facebook on your computer, All right. is that better? Yeah, that's good. Sorry. I think my parents are listening. So I just want to, I don't want them to like, just think they can do a Facebook page. They're just going to take out ads about, <laughs> about bear. Look at our son. He's so awesome. <laughs> they could probably target just you as well. So, <laughs> Oh, no. There's totally a story online about this guy specifically targeting his roommate with creepy ads. <laughs> he segmented down until he knew that it told him that there was only like one person left and he knew that everything was about his roommate that he had pushed it down to. And so then he started sending him creepy ads. We need to have Patrick back more often because the tangents we spew off into are like like little epic mini adventures that I swear – it's like choose your own adventure books when Patrick is in the room with us. It's fantastic. I really I, like – I don't know whether to apologize or to no, say it's No, it really is – no, it's really kind of fantastic because it makes it it makes it a real conversation rather than just like, here, listen to us spew facts about, oh my god, the Facebook is awesome. So why is Facebook awesome? No, I'm just kidding. So, OK. You were talking about um, uh, targeting. OK. Targeting. Yeah. So – like, what is an example of how targeting is used? How easy is it used? All right, like, let's let's start in the real world. Um, let's say I want I've got thirty thousand dollars as opposed to Middle Earth. Yes, Sorry, I'm the, just keeping the, on your <laughs> Um which is a, a totally unrealistic amount of money for most small businesses, medium sized businesses. Let's say I've got thirty thousand dollars to advertise my business, and I think maybe I'll do some radio ads and I'll do a billboard. I'm gonna buy then, one. I'll do some flyers, something like that. You're not going to have a choice about who sees those ads. It's whoever's listening to 1061 KISS yeah, FM. Exactly, which may or may not be homeowners, which may or may not be people who have money to spend, which may or may not be people who don't have enough time to do their own lawn or clean their own house. With Facebook, here's something a little bit creepy. Facebook knows pretty much everything about you it knows where you are it knows your favorite restaurants it knows how many kids you have so the beauty of that is as advertisers or as business owners we get to choose who we send our ads to on facebook you don't have to send your ad to everybody in the charleston area i don't know why i said charleston it was on my mind is yeah, the news it's a great city you don't have to target everybody in the charleston area you can try target everybody within a certain radius of your business office and you can choose only homeowners who have this much income who are interested in uh, I don't know house cleaning services or lawn care services and who are let's say preoccupied because they have kids so they don't want to do it themselves that's a lot with the, like some of like the recommendations we've been seeing on Facebook lately like hey I'm I'm you know I'm in the Austin area and I'm looking for a restaurant any recommendations for my Austin peeps or whatever right we throw those, those recommendations out. Well, immediately, you know, if if I'm adver if I'm a restaurant advertising on Facebook, then the the Facebook n n sees that and automatically pops. You know, I would assume in some degree or another, in a in a very basic scheme, pops that advert pops my restaurant's advertisement on this on this particular person's viewpoint, right? Well, the way it generally works is that person. It's not so much that they'll go into Facebook and they'll type a question to their friends. It's more like Facebook knows what websites you're going on and it knows what pages you're going on in those websites. So let's say you go to a restaurant's page in uh, Dallas 
then Facebook knows, oh, you're interested in going out to eat at this kind of restaurant in Dallas. So then they'll start serving you up ads that are related to, I don't, I don't know, let's say you went to an upper class restaurant in Dallas, and you'll start getting upper class advertisements like come eat at the grape or I don't, I don't know any, I'm not that cultured. I'm sorry. No, it's just fine. Uh, no, Patrick's that- idea of a fine evening out is heading on down to the, uh, the Burger King grill. Whoa, whoa. It's golden chick or nothing. You recently got engaged, right? This is true. Fantastic. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Stop going to the golden chick. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's a, that's some valuable, that's some valuable information. So Facebook knows, um, Facebook knows, you know, all this, this proverbial information about yourself and you can target specific audiences and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, does it give any advice? Does Facebook give any advice as far as like when to do advertising and or anything like that? It can, it, there's, there's several ways they go about doing it. You can choose the exact times. Like, let's say, you know, that your best clients are moms who are working professionals and they tend to come home and not really check Facebook all day, but then they tend to come home around 5.30 and they hang out with their kids for an hour and then they get on the computer for several hours. And you you can say like, oh, okay, I want Facebook to target – only send out these ads between these hours and these hours and then all day on weekends because they have lots of free time on weekends. You can also just let Facebook do its thing. It's pretty smart. It'll know when they're looking on Facebook and when they're – actively interested in your services. So you were talking earlier about cost effective, that Facebook is the most cost effective advertising advertising tool out there. What say you threw out the number of thirty thousand, is that what we're looking at? Thirty thousand? No, no. You can start advertising on Facebook for less than five dollars a day if you wanted to do that. And you would recommend starting really, really small, right? I would, yeah. I probably wouldn't start as low as $5 a day just because I would want to see results ASAP. I'd say 10 to 20 bucks a day uh, for, you know, just start putting ads out and see what happens. Maybe you'll get a ton of people and you'll be able to cut off your ads after a few days or maybe you're you're just ready for the tidal wave of new clients. So you just leave it on forever. But ten to twenty bucks a day is a, is a pretty healthy starting point. But you can do it for as little as five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and then I imagine it just goes to infinite amount then. But that's that's fantastic. So okay, and you're so, you're paying by the the viewing of the ad. They have they have several different ways. Essentially, they won't. You can force it to stop at a certain number. So like let's say all right, Facebook, I only want to spend $10 today. You can tell it to do that. Or you can say, I'm willing to spend as much money as you'll let me, depending upon how many clients I get. Like, let's say you you put out an ad and it's working really well. You say, all right, Facebook, I'm ready. Just I'll throw as much money as as I can at this. And you just send it to as many people as you as you will. So you can dictate terms. Yeah. It's yeah. very flexible. It's very flexible. Okay, so what I really like this way this is going. Okay, and I really like the fact that you know Facebook is. What about what about other social media? What about Twitter? What about Snapchat? What about Instagram? What What are your opinions about that? All right, I'll I'll tell you. Um, these are mostly my thoughts, mostly my experience. Yeah, yeah. I want yeah. I want your your lot, opinion. A lot of this does involve pretty serious research into this topic. Okay. Snapchat, forget it. Don't worry about it. 
It's pointless. All eleven-year-old girls. Yes, they okay. don't have any money. Leave they, them alone. And they don't have any. They don't have any houses either. So even if right, they, they don't have money. They don't yeah. have homes. Great point. And, and okay, they're, they're not spending their money on. So no Snapchat on my website. Yes. Got it. Okay. What Instagram else? can work, okay. especially if you're really good at updating it and putting you know nice, gorgeous, interesting-looking pictures on it. What was the other one you mentioned? Twitter? Twitter. Oh, Twitter's dead. The, the only person keeping that alive is uh, President Trump. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, POTUS likes to tweet. So, okay. The the last major platform I'd like to talk about yeah. is uh, Google AdWords. It's much, much more advanced than Facebook. But most people who see your ads on Google AdWords are going to Google with the intent to buy services so you can see a much higher conversion rate over there, but they, they tend to be more expensive. Fantastic. So, and there's a little less hand-holding with Google AdWords. There's no hand-holding with Google AdWords. But you can learn it, right? Anyone can learn. Oh, yeah. For, for sure. Yeah. So would you say that, um, that if I'm looking at advertising my business, I should start with Facebook and then maybe uh, – graduate to google adwords i think that's that's a pretty good plan for most people i think a lot of people will actually see all the success they need to see on facebook until they get to a point where they're like okay i'm i'm ready to hire somebody to take this over or something like that great okay fantastic absolutely fantastic um you know, if you guys want to check out any more pearls of wisdom from Patrick and many of our other talented writers here at Service Autopilot, you can always check them out and check out their work at serviceautopilot.com slash blog. That's also where you can find the less than pearls that I gather up. Oh, you, like I was ran, including, random little pebbles. Do you have to self-deprecate every time? Oh, I yeah. Was so I just, you I just gather group. up little pebbles and I push them toward the computer. <laughs> Patrick gives pearls of wisdom. Thank you, Cody. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, we really appreciate uh, Patrick joining us today. Uh, Patrick, we'd love to have you back. If nothing else, we'll do another Choose Your Own Adventure discussion, and it'll be fantastic and wonderful. Really love your points about Facebook. Value-first marketing is a must if you want to be successful in business, as well as as well as well checking out advertising on Facebook. It's cheap. It's easy. They hold your hand, both figuratively and literally. It's uh, fantastic. Patrick, we really thank you. Uh, you know, Cody Owen's going to be up next with the tidbit, and we really appreciate this is the Profit Roadmap. We'll see you next time. Hey, this is the tidbit. Today, we are going to be talking about Wi-Fi-enabled uh, irrigation controllers. So what we're looking at here is these things have been around for a while. They've been heavily marketed to uh, homeowners, uh, like directly kind of as do-it-yourself things. Uh, but we have some plays going on in uh, in the industry that are going to make it a little more accessible on the commercial scale uh, where if you're installing and managing irrigation systems for residential clients, commercial clients, whatever, it's going to make it a lot easier uh, for you to be involved in this uh, on a level that, you know, goes beyond, you know, just going to Home Depot and buying a controller. Hunter Industries, out of the perennially drought-stricken California, they've got an eye toward water efficiency. They recently acquired HydroWise, who was making Wi-Fi controllers uh, on the just the normal residential level. Uh, they've also acquired Synager Irrigation out of Florida, who was doing agriculture-level irrigation. Uh, and so they are pretty high-level experts in and the exact number of droplets of water that you want to be dispensing. Uh, then they acquired 
the ag-facing irrigation control products of Alextronics, which use weather-based systems to make decisions. Uh, and so they're trying to roll all of these things together to bring an industrial-level efficiency to residential markets. So basically what this is going to allow you to do is have a controller that you can you can manage remotely. So you can add this as a service potentially for your clients where you're managing their their irrigation system. Then you're able to say that you're doing it every day. You're updating what's happening every day. You're making sure that you're responding to the weather, especially if they're rolling out weather-based systems that are making good decisions. And then also, if you combine this with the tensiometer that we talked about a couple weeks ago now on the podcast uh, that's coming out of University of Georgia and Jesse Lathian's startup Reservoir, then you've got a lot of power and fine-tuned control over you know exactly how much water is in the soil so that you can irrigate appropriately. You're making decisions based on the weather. And you're you're doling out the water to exactly what the plants need to survive, exactly what the lawn needs to stay green, and exactly what you need to keep your customers happy. So the way that you'll be able to use this when when it finally rolls out, and as I hear things, I will let you guys know what's going on, but you'll be able to sell this to your clients because that's a massive benefit, right? If you're doling out the exact amount of water that they need, you're saving them money because they're paying for every gallon of water. So if you're able to tell them, we're not going to overwater your lawn. If your lawn doesn't need it, we're not going to waste your money. Uh, and then also you're able to market this as a, a green eco-friendly sort of service where you're not wasting water either. So yeah, it's going to be cool stuff. We will keep an eye on that. Bear and I will keep you updated on what's going on. The music in this episode of The Prophet Road Mac was Riptide and Summon the Rock by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. If you want to check out Kevin's music, it's some good stuff, Incompetech.com.